Good day, my friends. Wow, are you still there? Am I doing a show? Am I actually doing a show? Yes, I am. And if you're still out there and you're hearing me, thank you. Thank you so much for hanging in with me during the um, fun I've been having. In this episode, I want to tell you about everything that's going on with me. However, I want to approach it with a very light kind of positive spin on things. And I don't want this to be like a downer episode. I'm not doing this so that you will all send me of, oh, you poor thing. Oh, wow, you're going through so much. I'm so sorry. That's not what I'm doing. I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm not looking for any messages to me to show your concern. I know all of you, and I know that you're concerned about me. So with that in mind, I'm going to tell you everything that's been going on the last 10 weeks. So without any further ado, let's get to it. This podcast is a proud member of the Pride 48 Podcasting Network. Check out more great shows at pride48.com. Okay, so I'm going to start this out by telling you what's been going on and the problems I'm kind of facing moving forward. Now, I will start by talking about my back. I said in the last episode that my dogs knocked me off my feet and I fell on ice really hard on my lower back to the point where I could not get up and walk myself. And it will be 10 weeks tomorrow since this happened. Initially, the first week, even into two weeks, I was in such excruciating pain. It was similar to the level of pain that I had the first few days after I had a quarter of my tongue cut out a couple years ago. Just ungodly pain. And what I did is I used a heating belt that had massage and vibration and heat, and I would move that around my lower back and try to get it to heal. Starting with the second week, exactly one week since I fell, Paco went to Mexico and I was on my own for 10 days and I had to just kind of figure out how am I going to feed myself? How am I going to feed the dogs? How am I going to take the dogs out to go? That is the only things that I thought of. That is what my life was for 10 days. I did those three things and other than that, I was seated with my belt on. I couldn't even bathe. I did not shower the entire 10 days that Paco was gone. Only me and my dogs had to smell me. And slowly, ever, ever, ever so slowly, my back was getting a little bit better. And then it would kind of get worse for a couple days, and then it would get better. And then, I'd, you know, it was like two steps forward, one step back. I tried doing stretching and exercise. I think I tried that too early, so it was causing me more pain the couple days after that. So finally now, 10 weeks later, my back is at a point where 
I can do everything. It's just that my back still aches and gets tired, especially when I bend a lot. And I feel confident enough that I'm going to try to go to the gym tomorrow and just do like one or two machines that have nothing to do with my back, probably chest press and triceps or something. And then I'm only going to do the treadmill for like five minutes. And then I'm going to go into the sauna, which I think is going to help my back long term. I really do. And I'm only going to do that for 30 minutes. I'm not going to do my hour like I usually do. I'm only going to do 30 minutes. And then I'm going to see how well I respond to having been at the gym. I have told Paco ahead of time, hey, look, I do these things at the gym. Maybe it's going to be really bad for me. And I'm going to have my back start aching as bad as it did and I wouldn't be able to drive the car home. So Paco is kind of on alert that he might have to take an Uber to the gym to get me in the car. But I doubt that. I doubt that. But it is a contingency plan here. In addition to what's been going on with my back, there is a little growth on the top side front left of my tongue. That is the side where I had the cancer removed. So I was fairly convinced that this little growth was probably cancer. So I set up an appointment with my doctor, the, the guy that did my tongue, and I was going to have it checked out. He asked me prior to seeing him for me to go and get a PET scan, P-E-T scan which they did from the top of my head down to mid-thighs. It's kind of like a CAT scan, but it's slightly different. And that is going to show any cancer that is anywhere in my body. As well as the technician told me, just so you know, this will also show if your back is seriously damaged and you were complaining about a potential hernia, this would show that as well. So, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, let's let's do this scan. So knowing that I had to have the scan and then knowing I was going to go to the office and see him and have this, whatever it is, cancer probably removed from my tongue. And so the night before I sat down at the table and I said to Paco, look, just so you know that if this is a recurrence of cancer, what they will do is they will remove it at my appointment tomorrow. They will biopsy it. And then if it is cancer, then they will go back in. They will cut more of my tongue out. Unfortunately, this time it's going to be in the front of my tongue where it's noticeable, where it's really noticeable. And I would have to go through a round of chemo and radiation. And so I was talking to him about the things I would be able to probably do when I'm under that kind of care and the stuff that would be impossible for me to do. And he said to me, hey, why are you getting so far ahead? You don't even know what it is. You haven't gone to the doctor to see what it is. And I said, 
look, I'm not looking at this as something that is really negative, but I do want to be able to understand that the worst case scenario, this is how I would deal with it. The worst case scenario, which would be operations, chemo, radiation. And if I understand what my plan is, how I would deal with it, the things I would do, then anything that they tell me that is better than that will be great. You know, I don't want to go in there thinking, oh, this is nothing. They're going to take it off and I'm going to be fine and it's not cancer. You know, I can't think like that because then you get in the office and when they give you bad news, that is when I would handle it poorly. And so I try to have a really positive mind about it that, yeah, I may need to go to these extremes if it's cancer. So I went and saw my doctor and he said the scan went really well. The scan didn't seem to show any cancer. And I showed him the thing on my tongue and he's, well, that's not cancer. And he explained to me what it was. It's some sort of benign growth that can happen no matter what to someone. It isn't related to my cancer. And he's like, I can, you know, just remove that if you want, or you can live with it. It doesn't matter. And I'm like, no, no, no. I want you to take it off. And he's like, okay, but let me do, you know, um, a good exam anyway. So we put a scope up my nose and down into the back of my throat, each nostril, In he looked at my ears, and he said that there is one area in the back of my tongue that seems to have more blood vessels than the same place on the opposite side of my tongue. And he's like, you're not showing any cancer, but sometimes when you have a lot of um, vascularity developing that that could indicate that it's the start of cancer. You just haven't gotten a tumor yet. He's like, what I would like to do is I'd like to biopsy that. He said, I will take the little thing off your tongue, biopsy that, and I will take an area where these blood vessels are, and I will also check that. I will biopsy that. He's like, but you're not going to be able to handle me putting these big, huge things down your throat and taking a biopsy. You've got to go under general anesthesia in the operating room. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) No problem. You know, I don't like panic about it because here's the thing. No matter what happens to me, I know that I can handle the pain afterwards. Even when I had my tongue cut out, I was not even taking the narcotics that they gave me because I didn't like the way it made me feel. I just took Tylenol and I took that every six or eight hours, whatever it is. And I took it maybe for four or five days. And yeah, it was painful still, but I could handle it. What I cannot handle is when they do procedures and you're in pain while they're doing the procedure. That like freaks me out because you don't know if the pain that you're feeling that's really hurting is going to get worse (laughs) or is it going to get easier, you know? You don't know. 
and you don't know how long the procedure is going on, so you don't know how long you're going to be in this pain, I can't stand that. That's why, honestly, I would prefer them always to knock me out, do what you have to do, and I can deal with the pain afterwards. Okay, it is now three days later from when I just finished speaking, and I overdid with my back again. I have yet to get to the gym. I keep kind of putting it off because I don't want to cripple myself. And it seems that anytime I'm doing something and I'm bending and I'm moving and I'm, you know, not sitting with that heat belt on, my back gets really tired. Sometimes it gets in pain. And so I've just kind of been waiting for the gym. But it's three days later as I continue this. And here's the weird thing I think about operations. If one has to die, and <laughs> theoretically one has to die at some point, I just figure that, you know, you can quote unquote die in your sleep. I'm not sure how restful that really is. I, I tend to think maybe the person wakes up for a few seconds and they're in horrible pain if they're having a heart attack and then they drop and you just assume, oh, well, they, they died in their sleep. Uh, maybe, maybe not. But other than that, you know, going through a heart attack, obviously you're going to have a lot of pain and you're going to have a problem breathing and the life is going to be slipping away from you. If you die from cancer, like my mother did, God, that's a horrible death to slowly waste away and have this pain that you just need more and more morphine in order to just get through it. So I always figured, you know what, if, if I am under anesthesia and something goes wrong and I die on the operating room table, that will probably be the very best death that I could have because I'm totally unconscious, theoretically. I'm not even aware of what's going on, theoretically. <laughs> And so I think that's my preferred way of dying. So, yeah, I, I don't care. I always go into the operation and under anesthesia knowing, okay, maybe something's going to happen, but hey, that's okay. <laughs> I won't have to deal with it. I will be dead. So I know that's kind of a weird way to look at operations, but that's always been the way that I've thought about it. So yesterday, my doctor, my tongue doctor, had me um, have this company come that my insurance is covering, and they took some blood from me, and it's a company that has something to do with DNA. I'm not really quite sure exactly what they do, but supposedly they can get markers in your body if, in fact, you're going to be developing cancer is kind of the way I understand it. So um, they came and did that, and then they're going to uh, do the evaluation with my blood, and I think my doctor will contact me, email or something, and just let me know what's going on with that. Now, I'm not going to be having my biopsies on my tongue until late April, because in March, I'm finally, oh dear God, thank you, finally, and after over three years, it was before the pandemic, when I broke a tooth underneath a crown 
and it's the gum's gotten all messed up. So they have to pull the crown off and they have to dig the tooth out and they have to put an implant in and then that has to heal and then I'm going to get a crown over that. And I've been having to put that off so much during this pandemic time that I'm going to get that all squared away before I have the biopsies on my tongue. So that is currently where I am at with my illnesses. Well now, wasn't that fun? It is now two days later again as I come back to the mic. I think probably what's going to be happening is I'm going to be doing shows with little segments and I'll put all the segments together to make a show or something. I think that's the way it's going to have to be at least at the beginning. But anyway, I the point of me kind of telling you all of that was certainly because I want you to know why I have not been doing shows. But additionally, I think it's really important to understand that when you have a positive attitude, when you can keep hope in you and not let yourself just get into despair and depressed about physical things, Because let's face it, as we age, we're going to start having more and more things go wrong with us. That's why when we're older, even older, we'll be sitting around with a bunch of other people our age talking about the illnesses that we have, because that just seems to be what older people do. So I've already got like a really good start on that, even at 64. So I'm going to leave it there, and I do want to tell you that I'm going to put out another episode in the next two days. It's going to be one of the shows that I am updating and putting out from six years ago. It's a story time episode. It's funny, I think. I think it's one of the funnier stories, and I would love you to tune in and to catch that. So if you're brand new to the show, hey, (laughs) thank you so much for listening to everything that's wrong with me. But please do visit again. Next show is going to be more upbeat than this. I wish you all good health. I know it is around the corner for me to have good health again. I love you guys. Thank you so much for staying with me. I love all of you. Take care. Bye for now.